of the NL Feast podcast. My name is Sam Clark, and with me as always, the cheese to my grater, Brandon Gross. The cheese to... Okay. You know, I don't know if I like that because <laughs> that means you're committing violence against me. You still exist at the end of this, but if I'm is the it... cheese, then I don't exist or I'm melted on a on, a, on a, a bowl of pasta, you know? A croissant or something? Yeah. I uh, I realize this is the second time that I, I meant to... Hey, I meant to um, compliment sorry, our, our guest just brought a dog in, which is the easiest way to distract me of all time. <laughs> just the most adorable dog. We'll get to the dog in a second. But Brandon, this is the second time in three days that I've meant to say something that was sounded like we were like synonymous with each other and instead accidentally insulted you. So that's on but me. May- I apologize. Maybe that's on me. Maybe I just take defense to things and that's something I need to bring to therapy. So you know what? I apologize for me lashing out at you. <laughs> Yes, next time you do a Zoom therapy session, we're going to make sure that you be like, I don't know what's going on with my podcast co-host. I think everything they say to me is mean. But Sam is my therapist? (laughs) I'm like, Brandon, listen, these Zoom calls are going too long. Um, Speaking of going too long, Brandon, we can't go too long. We have a wonderful guest today. Pretty good. That was pretty good, right, Brandon? That was pretty good. Small clap. Okay, thank you. We have... Small clap, small clap. We have, you know him from the host of Platinum Sombrero and Locked On Braves, none other than Dylan Short. Dylan, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. I was, I'm was i going to be honest, during that intro, I thought for sure you were going to throw me here in Georgia a little bit of bone and say the cheese to my grits. Oh. I'm a little bit upset oh, my God. that you... That you Yankees and your 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 <laughs> Northerners can't figure out, you know. But it, it's okay. It's in okay. our defense, I don't know if you know this, but Brandon and I. Yeah, what Sam's about to say. Please, we're actually please. Southern boys. I I actually went to high school in Tennessee, and then Sam's from Florida, and I spent time in Florida. So we're technically Southern boys, despite uh, being in New York and Los Angeles. Right, now. Florida doesn't count. <laughs> what about okay? What about what about Tallahassee though? Tallahassee, everybody knows, is just uh, is just well, South Georgia. Yeah, that kind of counts. Then, okay, yeah, that kind of counts. And we're FSU boys, so we we met there. I had cheese grits the very first time. I waited tables and uh, all my way through college, and I worked at a breakfast restaurant called Primetime, uh, one of the Florida State party, the you know one of those just like college things. Um, and I had cheese grits there for the first time, and, and I was very anti cheese grits before having it. And then I had it, and I was like, "Wait, never mind. This is this is a delicious breakfast staple." You're losing your southern credentials. All of your southern listeners, listen. Everybody who's a southern person here understands that if you don't have cheese in the grits, it's just garbage. Uh, but I, going off the baseball field here, uh, y'all just said your FSU voice. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and be real honest with you. I was so upset that. Mackenzie Milton didn't get a win this past week. I'm very, very. I'm still sad. You want to talk upset? I was in. I was in uh, watching on my cell phone. My girlfriend wasn't feeling well, so we were just like taking it easy, laying low. And I tuned out. I was like, "There's no way we're gonna lose to Jacksonville State." And then before I knew it, I start my phone starts blowing up. I'm getting texts. I'm I'm going on Twitter, and it just yeah, really don't play cover two when there's six seconds left. What are you doing? Yeah, that might cost them. get. Get this man a get this man a win, I please. <laughs> before before his leg falls off of his body, Bra- right? I know this this poor dude. Brandon, did you have you caught an FSU game yet this year? Nah, I'm a I'm a baseball guy through and through, Dylan. All right, I'm a baseball man <laughs> through winter. I'm sorry, football, you're not doing it for me. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, I'm a chameleon, so we can do both. <laughs> hey, that's impressive. Dylan, uh, speaking of baseball, for those of you that don't know, like we said at the top, Dylan, huge Braves fan, and, and as highly as we speak about the Braves on this podcast, we have yet to have Braves representation. So first off, congratulations. You're our first Braves rep on the pod. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. 
<laughs> Let's hope that I don't ruin you guys for Braves fans everywhere. Ooh, that's a yeah. Let's we kind of probably did that to ourselves already. Frankly, I think there was one uh, Twitter incident where I just tagged a bunch of Braves fans, being like, "Hey, check out our podcast. You might like it." And it turned on, <laughs> it turned on me very. They quickly. were like, "Who said that was a good idea?" Was the first comment <laughs> from a well-known Braves person. It, was like, uh, it wasn't Riley's Rakes, was it? It wasn't Riley's Rakes, though. We have tagged him a handful of times. I forget who it was. Okay, if you ever, by the way, if you ever bring Alex, that's who Riley's Rakes actually is. If you ever bring okay. him on, make sure you tell him that I'm a better guest. Okay. <laughs> okay, writing this down. Put it right in the now. book now. Got the intro, got this. Better guest, Dylan. <laughs> Put it in the book. Um, but Dylan, it's, I guess we'll just cut straight to it. Also, wait, one more thing before we get into this. <laughs> I just want to say on behalf of Brandon and I that we were Enoa fans far before the average fan. Yes, we were, we, early adapters. Started, yeah. If you if you listen to the first few episodes of the podcast, and I don't recommend that to anybody, frankly, but if you decide to do that, you will hear us saying only positive things about Enoa and his, his dingers and his great pitching until he broke his hand, obviously. That was that was unfortunate. But yes, we are we are early on the Enoa train. That's my dude, man. That's that me and uh me and one other guy around the Braves Twitter sphere. That's that's our guy. I've been on him for quite a while now. Uh having to defend him against all these peons and all these losers telling me that two pitch pitchers can't succeed never mind jacob de grom is only throwing two pitches because they're the best two pitches in the world so shut up yeah. you can't hit them then they're too yeah there it doesn't matter if you can only throw two pitches brandon what do you feel you think de grom's two i mean it's mainly slider fastball de grom right yeah i mean i think he'll uh he'll throw in uh he has different levels of his fastball right so like he'll have all of a yeah. sudden like oh he can throw 102 now when he couldn't do that when he was 26 <laughs> but okay yeah Thirty something years old. Oh, hey, here's one oh two. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty nutty, but it's it's one of those things. Like Degrom also has like the best curveball in baseball. He just doesn't have to throw it because he also has the best fastball, the best slider, and one of the best changeups. So it's like, yeah, eh, well, if it's my fourth best pitch, my well, maybe I won't. I throw think that. I think what's going to be interesting, and not that this is a Mets episode because it's not going to be a Mets episode. <laughs> what's interesting though is going to be when he comes back from injury. He threw ten pitches today as we record on. Uh, on uh, Tuesday, but what's going to be interesting is next year, is he going to be a different pitcher because of these elbow inju- injuries? Like, that's what I'm wondering. Let me just say, it's criminally negligent for you guys to let him pitch again this year. That man is, that. do you understand, he's probably had a torn UCL since like the first time he came out, came out of that Rockies game from like the fourth inning, and he's just he just keeps pitching through it because he's Jacob freaking DeGrom. Like, I made a joke early on when he was doing that. I was like, dude, his body thinks that he's hurt. He's not hurt, but his body just thinks like, hey, this isn't supposed to be possible. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on up there. But if Jacob DeGrom comes back next year and he drops from 102 to like 95, I'm going to personally have to go on like the Punisher spree only for, for like next. Yes, please come up. Join me in Brooklyn. We, we'll, we'll head to Queens and we can we can uh, we'll, we'll go make it. We'll sort it out a little bit. <laughs> The dog. Wait, okay. Also, tell us a little bit about the dog. I mean, you you gave us a nice little introduction during the introduction. Uh, and as two people that don't have dogs, but but desperately want them, we need a, we need a little more information. Okay, so Gucci, that is, <laughs> right. this little guy here, okay. he is very loud. Uh, he feels like he has to be a part of every recording I ever do. So oh my God, that's that bark funny. will probably not be the last one. Adorable. Hear. See a Gucci's pincher. Got a lot of things. Oh yeah. Is he a pincher? Is that the type of dog? Uh he is a wiener dog Jack Russell. Okay. Ooh, so good he combo. is a little heathen. <laughs> you were asking for that? the barks there. That's true. How old is Gucci? Oh god. 
nine years now. Okay. Nine, maybe ten. All he's, right. he's getting up there a little bit. The full grown adult. Full grown adult. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dylan. Well, we didn't bring you on to talk about dogs in the, the Mets, <laughs> but we did bring you on to talk about Braves. And I, uh, I'm just going to start with just some general questions. What, what is the, what is the general feeling and the emotion of Braves land, Braves Twitter, Braves fandom right now? Five games on top of the division, looking good, looking down below on the Mets, down below on the, I guess, way down below on the Marlins. Marlins are, yeah, in the basement. <laughs> What's that SpongeBob episode where there's they fall past down Bikini Bottom and they're just like hanging out down? Below? Oh yes, the uh, oh I was hanging, I was thinking about the one where they're on the pirate ship and they jump off and they just keep coming back. I mean that also is probably where the Marlins are, just perpetually falling back in last place. But yeah, how are the how's, how's Braves fandom? What's going on in Braves? I mean, world? actually, you brought up SpongeBob. That's a pretty good comparison for how Braves fandom generally pretty goes you can pretty much gather how we're doing just by seeing which spongebob memes are floating around (laughs) um and it kind of depends on which faction you ask we are not a unified front there are many of us who are sitting around going yeah you guys were dumb for being worried i wasn't ever worried while secretly some of us are like holy crap why did it take so long to start playing well it's been a little bit of a roller coaster this year um if you were to poll before the season, I would not have expected it to take until the second half of the season to go over 500. Yeah, that was that was a trip. Um, then you lose Ronald Acuna. That that felt like uh, having your arm or your leg broken. That was not fun. But overall, I think I think if you're pulling now, everybody's feeling pretty much like we thought we'd feel before the season started. So went through this super epic low, some crazy highs just to get right back to where we thought we'd be to begin with. <laughs> yeah, right. Something that's interesting to me, we were talking pitching earlier. So where it stands right now, and I know the Phillies have an insanely easy schedule, but it seems like the Braves are going to win this division, uh, putting them up against the Brewers in the division series. So what's the feeling going up against the Brewers' top three pitchers? And it's going to be Freed, Morton, and then Ian Anderson's been a little bit of a question mark, right? So my prediction for that is you're going to see Charlie be the number one. That's kind of what he's here for. He's the postseason superstar. That's his thing. Charlie's going to be your one. Freed will be your two. I think it's going to be Waskar as the three. I think it's going to be between Waskar and Ian as who ends out the season better. I think they're actually going to roll with a four-man. I think you'll see them. They could play matchups. kind of just depends. Snit isn't exactly the most forward-thinking manager, so I don't know that he's going to want to do that. I really wish he would like piggyback Enoa and Ian in the same game. Uh, but that's probably not going to happen. I think you'll see they're going to rely heavily on Charlie and on Max. Uh, and if you get into like a, a situation where like somebody's got to go on short rest, it's going to be Charlie. Uh, I haven't really talked much about taking on the Brewers because there's no, there's not much I could say that's going to make anybody feel really good. Like that is <laughs> that is a tough one two three to have to face, man. I don't know that there's a better one two three in baseball right now than Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and uh, Freddie Peralta. That's the one good thing I can say is Milwaukee can't hit at all. So that's like my one saving grace. Like, hey, if you can manage to scratch across like two or three, you might be able to win some of these games. Yeah, it's almost point. like the Red Series last year. Um, but overall, that that is not a first round opponent that I wanted. Yeah, I can't blame you. That's like a, that's about as scary as it gets for top three starting pitchers. Uh, but I mean, this is a good time for the Braves to have to go up against uh, tough pitching because of how hot your bats have been. It seems like everybody in your infield is willing to hit more more home runs than anybody on the Marlins combined. So that's got to be a good feeling. I mean, if if Dansby can get hot here at the end of the season, then you're, you'll see all of the infielders get 30 homers. Ozzy needs like two, I think. Uh, Riley needs one. Freddie got to 32 nights ago, and Dansby needs four. So 
I'm, I'm kind of hoping that happens. It would be it would be kind of textbook Braves for them to have this kind of record-setting year, the year that they lose the the super yeah. superstar in yeah. Ronald Acuna. So it took them all season. It took for Ronald to be gone for the rest of them to figure out how to hit again. But uh, as much as I flame Dansby a lot, uh, it would be pretty apropos for him to come through and bust a 30 homer season. Uh, I've, there are quite a few people that aren't going to let me forget about it. So it's been it's been pretty fun watching this infield. And it's been times where where everybody describe, drives you crazy because they go they're they're so up and down yeah, offensively. You'll have points points where it's just if it's not a homer, then they're not going to score. And then you'll have parts where all of a sudden you'll score six seven runs, and it's all based on singles and doubles. So it's it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to keep along with, and it's been uh, been a little bit of a ride this year. This has been I didn't think that it was going to be this drastic of a difference going from a 60 game season to a 162 i figured eh, everybody's probably used to the 162 they'll just pick it right back up yeah. but I'm, I'm starting to kind of allow that all right maybe maybe there was something to the fact that <laughs> last year was just a straight up sprint maybe that's why everybody started out so slow yeah that's a great point that's a great point uh what do i brandon maybe you're the the same questions on the tip of your tongue but i wanted a little i want to know a little bit more about this dansby swanson uh slander that's been getting thrown around because kind of a friend of the pod brandon what do you think i think so so we have a, a reoccurring joke on this podcast that dansby swanson is such a particular name that he sounds like medieval england almost so we'll give him a fake name mm-hmm. such as Bansby. Yeah. yeah that's exactly blansby blunts bottlesby bigsby one. you know something like that is normally we'll throw around there um, but i'm also interested in, in the slander as well and my second question with that is I think Dansby's a free agent after next year, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. So do you think, is he a long-term solution to shortstop for the Braves? All right, so fair warning. I'm going to explain the first part of your question first. Okay. So since the Braves got Dansby in the Shelby Miller deal, which was Dansby and Ender and Ciarte for, uh, was it? It was Shelby and Phil Gosselin, I think. I think it was something like that. Uh, basically, it was nothing for nothing. And Shelby is now out of the league. So the Braves were going to win that trade regardless. But Dansby got that 1-1 spot, and it kind of got everybody in Braves fan thinking, oh, cool, we got the number one player in that draft. So, I'm down. Alex Bregman was in that draft, too. Uh, and Bregman still should have been number one. So ever since they brought in Dansby, being the Marietta kid, he was instantly labeled as the next face. This is before Acuna had broken out and everything like that. So... They, they called him up pretty much immediately. He actually didn't spend any time in AAA before getting to the majors. He went straight from, like, AA to the majors. Uh, and I think it was really only, like, one, maybe one and a quarter season that he even spent in the minors. So they brought him up immediately at shortstop, got all the billboards plastered on him. And this is a guy that wasn't playing shortstop at Vanderbilt. He actually lost his shortstop job at Vanderbilt to Anthony Bolt. No, uh, to a guy that's on the Yankees right now. I was in the Yankees farm system. I was going to say Anthony Bolt, but I don't think that was it. Um, but... He's, he's just super hot and cold, and he's, for for vast swaths of his career before this season, the way he played on defense would dictate how he played offensively. If he wasn't fielding well, he was not going to hit well, and it just seemed like you'd have these streaks where for two, three weeks in a row, he would just be on fire, and then for a month, month and a half, it was just going to be in the tank, striking out everywhere, not walking, things like that. Uh, and because he's a good-looking fella mm. and has fantastic <laughs> hair, uh, he's, he got kind of overrated right out of the jump, and he, he has these vast swaths of fans that if you say anything that's like, all right, maybe trade for a better shortstop, 
they will just annihilate you. Oh my they God. will just go crazy. People saying that Dancy's better than like Trevor Story, uh, better than Francisco Lindor when Lindor <laughs> was still with the Indians. Yeah, all sorts of stuff like that. So uh, I've been leading <laughs> a, a, a fairly large crusade against that for a while. Uh, and then I, I, I'd said something in, I think it was the first year I was recording TPS, maybe the second season, might have been 2019. I'd said and this was in my peak, I'm just going to challenge the baseball gods here. <laughs> okay. I was like, if Dansby wins an MVP, I will get a tattoo of Dansby Swanson. Whoa, uh, whoa. Well, I mean, it's never going to happen, yeah. so I don't have to worry about it. But <laughs> then he started doing what he's been doing this year. So I have been, I, for vast swaths of this season, it's been a, kind of a running theme for people that listen to the shows to uh, to tag me every time Dansby does anything good Oh, at my all. God. That's so funny. That's so funny. So, as to the second point, I was just talking about this today. So we recorded uh, TPS a little bit earlier today. Uh, we were talking about Dan's. We had a bunch of questions asking about, do the Braves resign him and things like that? Or do they extend him? Um, my thought process coming into this year was probably not because I wasn't going to pay him $10 million. And then he came out and he's got a real shot at hitting 30 bombs. Um, if you actually look at his numbers, he's basically been Adam Duvall with a little bit higher OBP oh, and weird. lower slugging. Basically, if you take away 30 points of Duvall's slugging and add them to his OBP, you've got Dansby. No way. Um, but, I mean, he, he's if he's willing to take like $13 million a year, then I think that that extension will get done. Yeah. I think it's kind of hard to tell what he wants to do because he's, he's, he's a Braves country guy. So he's obviously going to have some, some soft spots here. But if somebody comes out and says, hey, I'll give you 10 and $100 million, yeah. You'd be an idiot to turn that down. I don't think he's going to get that much. This is the wrong year for him to be able to be eligible. And even next year, even next offseason, it's also Trey Turner, who's a free agent. So I think that's been more my point. I'm a huge Trey Turner guy. I'm not supposed to be. I'm supposed to hate him because I'm supposed to hate everything Nationals. I'm sorry, but Trey Turner is one of my, like Jacob deGrom, Trey Turner is one of my absolute favorite people in baseball. And it, you, I was so incredibly angry when the Dodgers got Trey oh, Turner. Oh, my God, Dylan. I, yeah, don't even get a start. I was ready to throw up. I was ready to throw up. I was I was beyond angry because I'd been saying all year, like, no, nah, the Nationals suck. Find a way to get Trey Turner, overpay, whatever. Um, but it's been a good year for Dansby. I, I can be a good sport when I need to. I do think he'll be back. Uh, if, if he's if he's willing to, like, 13 is his cap, okay. then I think he's back. If he's like, hey, I want 15, 16, 17, then now nah, you can hit the bricks, man. For how many years? What Do you, you want him around for five years or – I, that's the question. I don't think he's going to be a guy that wants five years. I think he's going to probably want six or seven. Okay. He's not 30 years old yet. I think he's 27. So if you go six or seven, you're talking about getting him right into his mid-30s. Yeah. Um, it kind of just depends. He's he's always been a little bit roller coaster. So that's kind of hard to – if his agent's worth his salt, he's probably going to tell him, hey, go for a long year, yeah. long term. Yeah. Um, something you get locked into. I think that it's kind of hard to tell when you – when you've been the face like Dan's, when you got that face and you're marketable <laughs> exactly. and you know, you played at Vanderbilt and, and you've kind of been around like superstar leagues your whole career yeah. kind of gets hard to just say, all right, well I'll take a big team friendly deal, yeah. but he's not one of those guys that you would look at and say like, he's a core piece of the Braves. Like he, he's perfectly fine. He's a little bit above average. He's right there. Before I did the season, I put him right around like maybe 12th or 13th in the league as far as shortstops go. But just a touch above average yeah, right there. Yeah. Um, but that's not somebody that you break the bank for. And if he's willing to be that complimentary piece, I've got no problems bringing him back. Yeah. Brandon, what do you think of that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's a smart move. And don't, and don't uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Braves don't have a shortstop in the pipeline that's close right now, right? Mm, Braden Shoemake will be... It's kind of the one that they got thinking that if Dansby didn't pan out, Shoemake would be that guy. It's who they drafted in 2019, uh, kind of an off-the-wall pick, like 21st overall. 
I've never really seen him as a starter. He's kind of more Ben Zobras type to me. Oh, okay. But really good dude. He's been playing a lot better this year. He's starting to hit for some power, but he's kind of similar to Dansby. Kind of looks the same, too. There's a lot of guys on this Braves team that look alike, if you haven't the, noticed. The handsome Georgia uh, boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the Southern Ian charm. Anderson. Ian Anderson, Braden Shoemake, Dansby Swanson, they all kind of look the exact same. And actually, Randall Grichuk from the from the Blue Jays looks exactly like them as well. Oh it's, it's pretty weird. They look like like they were kind of created in a lab <laughs> together. Um, but yeah, there's not really that, that pure shortstop in the pipeline. Vaughn Grissom is coming up. I don't know if he'll stay at shortstop, but he's still probably Is that Marquise Grissom's son, or am I just... No, Marquise Grissom Jr. is actually at Georgia Tech. Oh, wow, okay. No way. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of their pitchers. Also, I love that Adam Duvall comp. I've never heard that before. But though, like, uh, as somebody who's now like intimately familiar with Adam Duvall, obviously you gave us. You're Al- welcome. Yeah, uh, I think you're welcome. You got him back <laughs> for Alex Jackson, who's been hitting 160. I think. Oh my god. Ah, man, I wanted to work so well for Alex Jackson. Alex has come such a long way from when the Braves got him for for nobody. Way back when it was when the Mariners were like, hey, you suck behind the plate. Yeah. We're gonna throw you in the outfield, yeah. and the Braves were like, all right, you're not great out there, so we're gonna put you back behind the plate. Yeah. It just, I, I wanted to work for him so badly. He works so hard. He seems like a great guy. By all accounts, he seems like a great guy. And also, what you just said scared me as somebody that's been watching Jorge Alfaro play left field for the last <laughs> eight weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was. Yeah, I don't know why it's Jorge Alfaro, not Lewin Diaz. Um, Thank but again, you. That's oh my god, Marlins. Dylan speaking my language here. Dylan speaking my language here. But I was curious as to what Dansby's defense is like because I know Duvall surprised a lot of people this year um, with with how good defensively he was in the outfield and he even played center field a couple times while he was a. Marlin, but is, do you consider Dansby to be an above average uh, defensive shortstop? I do. So in, Dansby's kind of a, a weird case defensively. If you look at OAA, and that's, you know, usually that's the metric that you go by, yeah. OAA is kind of junk this year. The amount of shifting that everybody's doing is really screwing. I don't, and I don't care. I love Mike Petriello. I've had him on the show before. Mm-hmm. Fantastic dude. I'm not just name dropping. <laughs> um, but we've, we talked about OAA and how it relates to that stuff. And, and obviously, since he was one of the originators behind it, he's one of the big guys on yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it accounts for the shift properly because if you look at OAA, you're going to see that Trey Turner and Dansby Swanson are two of the lowest rated defensive shortstops in baseball, oh, and that Austin Riley is like a zero, like a number, a first percentile defender at third base. And there's no way that you can watch the games and actually think that Dansby is one of these guys that that one of the things that even before this year that I thought that kept him in the lineup and made him work so well for the Braves is he doesn't make a lot of errors. He's not always the rangiest. He doesn't always have the quickest instincts. Is Ozzy's probably quicker than he is, and Ozzy's arm is pretty comparable to his. Okay, um, which is actually where my beef between Dansby actually ended up originating. Was I thought Dansby should be the second baseman and oh, Ozzy should play shortstop. Okay, but because Dansby was the better looking one, he got <laughs> shortstop. Um, Those hunks, it's not I, fair. <laughs> this year, he has made some absolutely incredible plays. He's, he's been a. This has been his best year. Full stop all the way through. I don't really care what OA says. He, he's been phenomenal defensively this year. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, I, I know I cut you off already, so please. No, well, I, I was going to say, you know, I like hearing about the Braves infield. Obviously, you know, star-powered infield. But I want to talk about the Braves outfield because I bet, gun to your head, you wouldn't have predicted that Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, <laughs> um, who did I miss? Oh, Adam Duvall will be manning yeah. the Braves outfield. So... My first question is, what did you think when the Braves made those tra- trade deadline acquisitions? I know Peterson was a little before. And my second question is, uh, are these guys going to be role players on the team next year? So, about Jorge Soler, I was 
my partner and I on TPS, we were talking about Jorge Soler back in 2019, back when he was just dropping bombs for Kansas City. Uh, we've been talking about Jorge. The Braves have actually been talking about Jorge Soler since 2015, 2016. Oh, wow. There was almost a deal, there was almost a deal made with the Cubs uh, for Jorge Soler. And the Cubs wanted uh, the Cubs wanted Julio Tehran, and the Braves wanted Javi Baez. And the Cubs were like, nope, not Javi Baez. And the Braves were like, okay, how about Jorge Soler? And then the Cubs were like, well, how about Kyle Schwarber? And then the Braves were like, nah, we're good. And then it just never oh, wow. materialized. So for years after, like Jorge Soler has been this dude that that I've been looking at forever because he, I don't know if you've seen him when he really connects on a baseball. But it is the most beautiful, most glorious thing in the world. He Every time he touches the ball, I think it's going 500 feet. He just puts everything into every possible swing. So to answer your question, I think Jorge Soler should be back, period. Uh, I was super happy that you dealt, you got him and really just got him for Casey Kalich, who was a 23-year-old in A-ball, so didn't, didn't give up much Stole there. Stole him, yeah. Um, pretty much. And, and he'd, been, he'd been playing awful all season. It uh, wasn't good last year, but he was one of those that if you looked, if you dug a little bit deeper and you kind of looked at the stats a little bit, you could see that that turnaround was going to come. Uh, he It was just a lot of bad luck. He was hitting the ball hard. He was hitting it in the air. He really wasn't striking out. And I think that's been the thing that's, that's surprised a lot of Braves fans is how little he actually strikes out for the type of power he has. He's really about a 26% K guy. That's really nothing when you're talking about a guy that's all power. Defensively, he's a little bit better than I thought he was going to be. Still not great. But when the DH is in next year, you can you can throw him in a DH. Duvall, I wasn't upset when the Braves let him walk this offseason, um, but I'm very glad to have him back. He, he's one of those who's really good defender, really good actually, really good at positioning, has a stronger arm than you think. Just one of those guys that always seems to do really well in big moments too. Like when the momentum has just started to turn, like he's not the guy that changes the momentum. He's kind of the guy that once the momentum is starting to turn, he just adds that extra oomph and puts he it on top. It, yeah. Uh, Jock, I don't think, is coming back. Jock was really happy to come over here because it meant he could be a starter. And then he kind of started getting benched for Eddie Rosario. So I think he's probably gone. Mutual options never get exercised, so he's probably gone. Um, but overall, I, I, I think for sure Soler and Duvall are back. I think they both play big roles next year. And also, people forget Eddie Rosario hit 32 home runs in 2019. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's... He's done that a little bit this year. I don't know if you guys saw that homer he hit the other night that was basically on the ground. It was the lowest pitch that anybody's <laughs> hit for a home run in like the Statcast era. No way. It was, oh yeah, it was it was it was absolutely nuts. It was like it was like if Vlad Guerrero came back to just hit one home run. It was basically on the ground. I have no idea. I saw how he Vladdy got Jr. There. hit one yesterday. That was like a straight line drive, barely yeah. inching over the left field wall. It's the only time you'll ever see a home run where the third baseman has more of a chance of catching it than the left fielder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. true. That's very true. Uh, all right, Dylan, we're, we're wrapping up a little bit, but there's a couple questions that I want to get to you before we do. All-time favorite Brave. Yeah. So, I mean, always have to go with Chipper, for sure. Of course. That's, that's like a rule down here. So, <laughs> non-Chipper. Get that out of the way. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say Angleton Simmons. Um, yeah, Angleton Simmons or Rafi for call because I'm a big shortstop fan, big defensive guy, and Angleton Simmons is an absolute wizard. I've there, there's nobody ever who has played that position the way that he does. Just the the plays that he would make, he would make some insane play. It was basically like watching it was like watching Andrew Jones play in the infield. It was every night he'd make some play that nobody else in baseball could make. It was just ridiculous thing. So I've always got a soft spot for Angleton. Uh, I know he's not the most popular person in the world anymore. Uh, I don't care. I love Angleton, and uh, you can debate your mom on that. Uh, Brandon, you you got you want a, a quick one? You got a quick one in you? Well, I was going to agree with you, and also Raphael for a call is a great call too because 
he haunted my childhood as a Mets fan. <laughs> right? I mean, like, it was like, I remember that guy, like, I get, like, it kind of, like, freaks me out. Him and, like, Marcus Giles, right? <laughs> like the, those... Oh, Marcus Giles. I th- Dan Ugla before Dan Ugla. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's a great comparison. Also, okay, um, how long, have you been a Braves fan your entire life? Like, born and raised? My entire life. Wow. I have basically lived within 30 minutes of where I live now, so yeah. That'll do it. That'll do it. Georgia man through and through. Um, oh, yes. Final question. So just be all homerism aside, where do you think the Braves end their season? I think they beat the Brewers in the first round. Um, wow. You heard it here first? Yeah. I think I think, th- I think they're just a more complete team offensively. And I, th- I think for sure the Brewers have the edge pitching-wise. Um, I just think the Braves, once you get to the postseason, you're going to get a lot of the starters that are going to matriculate to the bullpen. Uh, like when you start saying that instead of having to throw Jesse Chavez, I can now throw, say, Tukey or Kyle Muller if they bring him up or whoever else. Uh, I think that, that helps it out a lot more. I think that the Braves can scratch three or four, then they can win those games. Burns is, is electric, but the thing that I think is going to help the Braves a little bit on Burns is he relies on that cutter so much that the yeah. lefties in the lineup are going to have a little bit of an advantage, especially guys okay. like Freddie, guys who can inside out. But I think... If they have to face the Dodgers, they're getting smoked. And I'm sorry, Braves fans. That, <laughs> to be fair, I don't think anybody's playing with that Dodgers team. I think they're smoking yeah. everybody. Yeah, I think I think Dodgers have to be the the World Series favorite at this point. There's, Brandon's got a little love for the Giants. Brandon's got a little. Giants say, love. Yesterday when we recorded, Sam scoffed at the Giants, and I was <laughs> I, like, I'm Dude. with Sam on this one because I think that I think the Giants have pulled the greatest magicians act ever to be a 90 win <laughs> team this year. If you look at that roster, like it's nothing but guys who were good seven years ago and guys yeah, that have never older. been good. Like, yeah. like Buster Posey somehow turned the clock back to 2012. Uh, Kevin Gossman has been a good pitcher. <laughs> and Di Sclafani. Di Sclafani, who's never been able to throw three pitches without getting injured. Johnny Cueto <laughs> is still on their active roster. Like, just moving in uh, every direction. It's just it's Brandon insane. Crawford's making amazing plays at shortstop still. And hitting for power. And it's, like, Brandon Crawford. It's just, uh, Donovan Solano. Like they've got, they're just this collection of guys that weren't good enough to play on the other teams that they were on, with a couple of exceptions. And it's like it somehow, and Gabe Kapler is their manager, and somehow they were the first team to ninety wins, and it's and it's not even an even year. That's like what's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. So jacked Gabe, jacked Gabe is leading them to victory. Jacked I, Gabe. I, there are a few people in baseball I hate more than Gabe Kapler. all right well we're gonna have to dig onto that another time dylan thank you so much for coming on um before we get out of here plug all of your things we want we want everybody to check out everything you do right now okay so uh if you didn't hear enough of me trying to dominate a show that's not even mine today um (laughs) you can follow the platinum sombrero uh at tps underscore podcast on twitter uh also catch me on locked on braves at locked on underscore braves uh and that is going to be all i'm trying to do for now so Thank you. Also, Dylan, Dylan, I don't think you, I don't think you know what our mo is. It's two guys that, well, one guy that knows a lot about baseball, another guy that knows a little bit about baseball. Bring on people that know what they're talking about. We want you to come on and talk, please. We need that. We oh, need that. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Can absolutely, I get man. a yes or no from both of you all, just to get mm, okay. Sam involved too? <laughs> okay. After the Acuna injury, going into next year, is the Marlins Braves rivalry? dead Ooh, just a yes or no will will suffice is it gonna is it dead or is it gonna continue into next year uh, dylan you want to go first or you want me to go first i think it's dead uh now that's subject to change because mattingly yes. is a turd 
Uh, so <laughs> that is definitely subject to change. This man hates managers. That's what we learned. He hates all <laughs> I managers. Hate, I hate Don Mattingly because he just look like Don Mattingly looks like that dude that you want to punch. Like you don't even need an explanation. Like he doesn't even have to speak. You just see that guy. And you're like I kind of want to punch him. Um, He's so calm, Dylan. He seems so calm. Yeah, what He's like a mild mannered. Mild mannered man. There's no way. There's no way that Urania hit Acuna without Mattingly having any idea. There's no way. I, I accept know. that JT Real Muto did not know because he rolled his eyes at him when it happened. But yes. there's no way Mattingly didn't know. Yeah, I don't know. Agree to disagree. I also though do think that the rivalry's over. There was a nasty, like nasty spat between Marlins Twitter and Braves Twitter after the Acuna injury happened, and it was like. Mar- I forget it was like Bally Sports Marlins showed the Jazz inside the park homer, mm-hmm. but it was like at the expense of Acuna. Um, it was the Marlins I'll, I'll... account, and that poor that poor Marlins that poor Marlins intern because you know it was an intern that was running that account probably lost their job. Yeah, there there it was Sam. Uh... Sam's the intern. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the podcast started. Um, and uh, what there's one other thing. Oh yes, and all, then the like the obviously Pablo getting thrown out of all people to throw at somebody. I'm all with you. Urania's thrown at people. I don't think Pablo has like a mean bone in his body. I think he's just the nicest dude in the world. Don, we'll get on the Don stuff later, but um, I agree with you. <laughs> I think it's over. I think we're squashing the beef now right. on NL Feast. And to be fair, most of people, most most of the people in Braves fans, we we don't really have anything against like the players on the Marlins. Like we love Jazz. Jazz is awesome. I think y'all got a superstar in Jazz Chisholm. Um, Love this. Most of the Marlins. I'm a big fan of a lot of the things that the Marlins are doing. Like Jesus Sanchez, that's my dude. I think that y'all got. A, I think that y'all actually beat the Rays in a trade, which isn't supposed to happen. Um, but I'm a big fan of a lot of that stuff. The pitching. Edward Cabrera is a super stud. Jake Etter. I was on Etter before he popped up pretty big. Before dude, he got hurt. Yes, um, we love Jake. Yeah, me and Aram talk about them all the time. I mean, they, they're they're a fun team. And actually, I actually me and Aram talked. I actually was. I said that they would probably finish third in the division before the season started. So uh, I may have jinxed you guys a little bit. And for that, I apologize. Okay. No, you're you're. Well, I think Brandon and I said the same thing, right? We said Braves, Mets. I think you said Mets, Braves. I said Braves, Mets, and then we said Marlins. Um, we were low on the Phillies and the uh, Nationals. I was too. Phillies, Nationals. Luckily, the yeah. Phillies do still suck. They're just a 500 team, and everybody <laughs> else is playing 500. I know this division was supposed to be the most competitive, and it's still competitive, but not supposed for the to be the NL Beast, and it's the NL Feast or Famine. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, Dylan, thanks again for coming on, man. Everybody, check out all Dylan stuff. Check out Brandon on Twitter. Check out me on Twitter at NL Feast. All that fun stuff. Brandon, anything before we get out of here? Thanks so much, Dylan. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye.